The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the first chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. This is the testimony of John, when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed, and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, No. So they said to him, Who are you? We need to give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him, Then why are you baptizing? If you are neither the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet. John answered them, I baptize with water, but among you stands one you do not know, even he who comes after me, the strap of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. These things took place in Bethany across the Jordan where John was baptizing. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise be to thee, O Christ. Last week, Jesus told us that among those born of women, no one was greater than John the Baptist. And his greatness was visible to everyone. There he was in the wilderness, baptizing by the Jordan River, and all of Judea and the whole countryside and all of Jerusalem came out to see him, to confess their sins and to be baptized by him in order to welcome the kingdom of God. Crowds and crowds of people came thronging to John. Everyone could tell that here was a great man. And his greatness was so visible that even the religious leaders, the Pharisees, the scribes, and the rest of the Jews, they wondered, who is this guy? Are you the Christ? That's what they want to know. They've all been waiting for the Lord's anointed waiting for the one whom God set apart from before the foundation of the world to rescue his people from sin and slavery and death. Are you the one? That's what they want to know. Are you the Christ? John was a great man, but he was not the Christ. And today, John, a great man, teaches us how to confess Jesus. How not to confess himself, how not to puff himself up or to claim anything for himself or put his greatness before the eyes of the world, but instead to make himself small, to make himself decrease, to humble himself so that Jesus would be exalted. Today, John teaches us to confess Jesus. Now, normally when we talk about confessing, we think about an interrogation room with a bright light shining on you and some investigators asking you questions. Did you do it? Where were you? On the night of February the 23rd at 7 p.m., where were you? Did you do it? And confessing in that circumstance usually means admitting that you've done something wrong, owning up to the crime. Now, this situation with John does feel a little bit like an interrogation. Here come these religious leaders, and they're asking him this pointed question. They're shining the light on his face. Who are you? You're doing all of these things. We need to know if you're the one. It feels like an interrogation, but listen to how John replies. The Gospel writer tells us John confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. He was not admitting to a crime, 
but he was saying something true, something he knew, something he believed. He was saying it with his mouth, and that, that is what confessing really is. It's admitting the truth about something. Now, usually we think about it in a negative way, admitting a truth that is uncomfortable, something that you don't want to admit. But here John shows us that there's an entirely different kind of confessing that is joyous. This is the truth that is great. Because look at what a problem there is if John is the Christ. He knows what's in his heart. He knows how sinful he is, what his weaknesses are. He knows that he is baptizing with water, but unless God's word is added, unless Jesus is present... That water won't do anyone any good. He knows that they need to be forgiven by the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John knows that he can't be the Christ and the world would be in a great deal of trouble if he were. Now who would? Who would think that they are the Christ? Who would be tempted to say, well, you know, as a matter of fact, I actually I am the Christ. Is that a thought that could have entered into John's mind? It seems crazy, wouldn't it? To imagine that that sort of thinking would be anywhere on the table. Anyone worth their salt knows that to be Jesus requires perfection, requires glory and holiness, and none of us has that to offer. And yet, and yet, history is full of false Christs, false messiahs, pretenders, people who put themselves forward as the promised one. The Jewish historian Josephus tells us about a fellow named Thutis. Thutis, who told a whole bunch of Jews that they should sell their possessions and follow him to the Jordan River, and he was going to command the Jordan River to be parted, and they could follow him across the river into the Promised Land. He was halted. He was stopped by the Roman soldiers. They put an end to that claim, that false claim of being a Messiah. But see what a glorious thing it would have been for that man if he had succeeded. What a great thing it is if you can make the claim that you're the Christ. If you can get a whole following of people, how tempting would that have been for John? Here he is, very successful. So successful, in fact, that they think he might be the Christ. How easy would it have been for him to say, well, you know what? Maybe I can play that part for a little while. Maybe I can be the Christ. Maybe I can get all of these people to do my bidding. Maybe they will follow me. Maybe we'll have some salvation of some sort. Maybe being the Christ isn't actually about being the Lord's anointed, Maybe it's just doing what I want. Maybe that would be a glorious thing. I don't think John was tempted by that one bit, but many people are. And I'd invite you today to inspect your own heart. Have you ever thought that you might be the Christ? Not in the sense that you're the one who was conceived in the womb of the Virgin Mary. Not that you're Jesus himself. I don't think any of you have ever said, I'm Jesus. You'd have to be crazy to say that. But... Have these thoughts ever entered into your heart? I'm the one who's most important. I'm the one whose word matters most of all. Everyone should listen to me. If only God would do what I say, the truth that I speak, then everything would work out. If only I could have my way, then I would finally be happy and content. Have you ever thought that you were the center of the universe, that the whole world revolves around you. It's easy to fall into that sort of thinking, to believe the lie that the devil told to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. Remember how that story went. He slithered up to Eve and he whispered in her ear, God is withholding something from you, and if you eat the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you won't die, but instead you'll be just like God. And that was really tempting, to be just like God, to be the Christ, to be the Christ. 
Now, none of you would say it out loud. None of us would admit openly that we want to be the Christ. But isn't that what is hidden inside of our hearts? The desire to be God, to make our own way, to choose our own path, to decide for ourselves what is right and wrong, what is good and true and beautiful, and not to let God have any say about it. After all, doesn't it seem sometimes like he's just getting in the way, having to obey his commands, having to listen to his word? Don't I know better than him? Eve fell victim to that temptation. She believed the lie and Adam along with her. And all of us have been subject to that. From that point forward, all of us are tempted day in and day out to put ourselves in the place of God. To think that we really are the ones. That we are the Christ. That we can save ourselves. That we can make our own way. Let us learn from John today how to confess Jesus. This is what makes John great, that he knows who he is. He knows his weakness and his sin and his frailty. He knows that he's not even worthy to stoop down and untie the sandal of his Savior, less than a servant. Who are you? They ask John, and he says, I'm a voice. I'm just a voice speaking in the wilderness, and it's not even my own voice. It's the voice of the Savior. I have nothing to claim for myself. I'm just doing what he gave me to do. Look at how far his humility humility extends. They ask him, well, if you're not the Christ, maybe you're Elijah. And they had good reason to expect that Elijah would be returning. After all, you remember, Elijah didn't die. But he was taken up into heaven in a chariot of fire. And then the prophet Malachi said that Elijah would return before the day of the Lord. And the scribes and the Pharisees, they said to themselves, well, maybe it is Elijah. Maybe Elijah is here. Are you Elijah? And John could have said, Well, yes, I am Elijah. Jesus himself said later, well, if you're able to hear it, John is Elijah. Not reincarnate, not taking on human flesh again, but fulfilling the office of Elijah. Proclaiming this prophecy, preparing the way for the Savior. But even so, John is not interested in talking about himself. I'm not Elijah. Quit talking about me. John says, are you the prophet, that one who was prophesied in Deuteronomy 18, that one like Moses who will be raised up from among his brothers? Are you that guy? John says, quit talking about me. It's not about me. I must decrease and he must increase. John's finger was always pointed away from himself so that when Jesus comes by later, John points to him and says, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. If you want anything from me, if you want to know about me, John says, you have to know something about Jesus. Well, why are you baptizing then? They can't handle it. (laughs) They ignore everything that he's saying. They don't want to talk about Jesus. They want to talk about John. Why are you baptizing? John says, yeah, I'm baptizing, but I am nothing. Look at who's coming. In fact, he's already here, and you don't recognize him. That should make you kind of nervous. The one you're looking for, the one you've been waiting for, the promised one, he's not me, he's here, and you haven't noticed him. Maybe you're looking for all of the wrong things, John says. That's really what goes wrong in our hearts when we are deceived about who is the Christ, when we think that we can be God. We are looking for all of the wrong things. To be the Christ is to be the Savior of the world. A savior from sin and death. It is to be the one who bears all of the burdens of our sins. 
who takes into himself all of our sorrow, all of our grief, all of our suffering, all of the pain that we have endured, all of the pain that we have caused, takes all of that into himself and bears it to the cross and makes no excuses, even though he didn't do a single one of those evil deeds, makes no excuses and confesses himself to be the worst sinner there ever was. That's what it means to be the Savior, to be the Messiah. That's what you should be looking for. One who is humble. One who is not exalting himself, but who is waiting to be exalted by God. John confessed. If we want to talk about anything worth talking about, let's talk about him. Let's talk about our Savior. Let's talk about what he has done for us. Let us talk about the mercy and compassion of God. These crowds flocking to me. This clamor. This rage that you feel about this guy in the wilderness doing this thing, none of that matters. What matters is that God loves you. What matters is that God has sent his only son into the flesh to bear your sins. When you confess, when you confess a crime, it's usually bad news for you. You get what is coming to you. Maybe they make the sentence a little bit more lenient because you were honest, but still, you get punished for what you've done. When you confess a crime, that is what happens. But when you confess Christ... When you say, I am nothing, and he is everything. When you say, I have nothing to bring to the table but my sin, and he has promised to take it all away. When you confess Christ, you get eternal life, heaven, all of the blessings of the eternal Son of God, and inheritance in the kingdom of God. When you confess Christ, you get salvation. And that is why we should learn from John to confess Jesus. St. Paul tells us that if you believe with your heart, You are justified, and if you confess with your mouth, you are saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in Jesus will not be put to shame, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's what confessing really amounts to, calling on the name of Jesus, commending everything to his care, entrusting your whole life to him, for without him you are nothing, believing his promises, saying to everyone around you, speaking even to your own heart, Because of its sin, because of the enduring flesh that you bear, speaking even to your own heart, I am nothing and Christ is everything. This is a truth that is not to be tucked away. Not something that you can just hide in your heart like a lamp under a basket. It'll get snuffed out in that way. Instead, this is the activity of the Holy Spirit. What the Holy Spirit does is he brings forth from your lips a confession of Jesus. St. John tells us this is how you know where the Spirit is working It is where Jesus is confessed, where believers speak in his name, where believers call on his name, where he is the one who is everything, and we are the ones who are nothing. In all things, confess Jesus. Think about that this Christmas. In the days ahead, in the year ahead, think about that. Think about confessing Jesus in all things. Christmas is something that is often fraught for people. It's full of all kinds of feelings. Good feelings and bad feelings, joyous feelings and sad feelings. Think about confessing Jesus in all of that. When you are disappointed, when you are frustrated, confess Jesus. When you are sad that things haven't turned out the way that you wanted them to, when you are sad that things aren't the way they used to be, confess Jesus. Rejoice in his mercy and forgiveness. When you are delighted, when you are surprised, When you are content, confess Jesus. He's the one who has given you all good things. 
When you live your life day to day, whatever comes your way, confess Jesus. Be like John. This is not about me. It's about him. The one who has laid himself low for my sake. Who has given me all good things. Who has equipped me with faith to trust his promises. And who has given me his spirit so that I can do like Paul says. Let this be how you confess Jesus. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. The Lord is at hand. Christ is near. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything. By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. To him alone be all glory, now and forever. Amen.